So if you've been in sales for any amount of time, you've probably had this scenario happen to you. A prospect expresses interest in what it is that you said. Maybe they even agreed to a demo. Maybe they even took a demo. And you were so excited. You thought the demo went really well. You thought the initial conversation went really well. You then went to go follow up and you hear crickets. They have ghosted you. You start sending follow-up emails, start checking in, and still nothing. That is what I spoke to Krista about in a training that I did for the company that she works with a few weeks ago in Dallas. So Krista, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So Krista, has this happened to you or never? Has anyone ever ghosted you or do people always just show up for you? No, definitely not. I definitely have gotten really excited. I've had those good conversations and then had someone just fall off the face of the earth and it's, you know, frustrating. But um, yeah, it was definitely a good thing to be able to role play and talk about because I think we all have that experience for sure. What's your take? I know you went through the training, but what's your take on why that happens? So why why don't prospects just get back to salespeople? I think the biggest thing is just everyone has their own set of priorities, right? So obviously, you know, we have our set of priorities as a sales rep. We get excited. We think that it's going to be their top focus too. And so we want them to see our point and see kind of where we're coming from. But I think the people we're talking to are oftentimes CEOs. They have a million other things in their plate. And so those things get in the way. Um, And so trying to help them see the value in what we're talking about or the services that we're providing, but then also being understanding of what their role entails and what all's coming onto their plate too. Yeah, something that you said is really interesting that we talked a little bit about in the training is I want to help them see our value and what we're providing. And I think sometimes when we do that as salespeople, we end up creating pressure for prospects and they can feel that pressure and that pressure repels people. Do you feel yourself sometimes with the traditional following up where you're sort of maybe creating that pressure and maybe that's also a reason why prospects are a little less likely to to respond? What's your take on that? Absolutely. I think sometimes it's easy to kind of get in your own head and have your own agendas, but trying to make that not the case and then being able to instead try to do kind of some of the tips that you've provided where you're flipping the script a little bit and instead asking questions to figure out what's important to them and help them uncover the pain point. So let them tell you, oh yeah, this is something I should be, you know, making a top priority. And this is going to have, if I don't make it a priority, this is what the outcome will be X, Y, Z. So I think that for sure it's easy to let your own agendas get in the way and then you're not really listening to the prospect anymore. Um, But trying to keep that in mind and let them really tell you and let them uncover that problem for themselves a little bit. Yeah, I mean, because we are very excited about what we're selling. We have commission breath. We want to get to a quota. And so when our intent is to talk people into things and we're assumptive that everybody needs what we're selling, sometimes we can kind of come across in ways that feel a little pushy. And whenever prospects feel the push, they go into this zone of resistance. It's just a natural reflex reaction to sales pressure. So what we talked about in the training was how do we lower the zone of resistance? And one of the things we actually talked about, and I wanted to get your take on it, is to actually let go of assumptions, Mm -hmm. to let go of expectations, and to let go of the sale, in a sense. And I wanted to just get your take on that sort of mindset shift in the workshop, because it's probably a little bit different than maybe traditional sales trainings that you've been taught, which is to overcome and to persuade and to convince and talk everybody into stuff. Yep. 
So during the training, what we did is we talked a lot about how you know, it's easy to just keep calling, keep following up and be like, you know what, this is Krista, I want to know, like, can we reschedule that meeting? I'm still following up with you. And I think then, again, we're just probably even showing some of that frustration and letting that come through. But instead, being able to flip it and say, just kind of let your guard down and make yourself vulnerable allows them to kind of have the ball in their court. And so what I did is during the call, I said, you know, hey, Frank, I'm calling and I wanted to apologize to you, which for a CEO, that's not often they're getting a call. So that in and of itself kind of sets them, makes them kind of stumble and be like, wait, what? And so he stopped and he said, you know, for what? And I said, you know, I, I know we had some good conversations, but maybe there was a point where I dropped the ball or I wasn't providing what you were looking for. Or I missed something or I misread our communication. And so I think that opened the door to have a very constructive conversation and let him tell me what problems they had going on or what his current priorities were, which gave me some leverage now moving forward because I have the information and it's not me, like you said, making assumptions. Why do you think that approach lowered his guard? I think because when someone apologizes to you or someone makes themselves vulnerable, automatically it kind of makes you match their energy a little bit where you're like, wait, why? Like what happened? You kind of automatically are going to mirror a little bit of what they're saying in their energy. So I think that's, it's not so much you're having to put a guard up because someone's coming at you trying to get something from you. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the CEO and you're going to see this approach that disarms a prospect that has been ghosted by removing the pressure of the sale. And you're gonna see how it lowers the zone of resistance. This is exactly what Krista did live in front of 150 of her peers at an onsite that I did in Dallas. And she connected live with the CEO. I'm gonna be the CEO. I'm gonna pick up the phone. Hi, this is Josh. Hey Josh, this is Krista with Next Step. I just wanted to give you a call and apologize to you. All right, out of role play. When you tell someone that you are apologizing, you are removing any kind of pressure and the reflex reaction of the other person is going to be, what are you apologizing for? They're almost going to try to rescue you a little bit. It's a great way to lower the zone of resistance. So the CEO said, predictably, um, what are you calling to apologize for? I wanted to apologize because I know in the past, you know, we had a really good meeting and we were discussing some of the issues you guys had had going on with ADP, your current PEO. I know you hadn't been happy with the renewals you've been receiving and the service that your client, your customers and your employees have not having a direct phone number, having to use 1-800 numbers. But I feel like maybe somewhere along the way I may have dropped the ball. I know we haven't spoken here in a few months. And so I wanted just to get some feedback from you and see if there's anything that I could have done better and some so that I can improve down the road. Yeah. And so when you said that the CEO opened up in front of your entire company and your CEO, he talked for about three or four minutes. And what did you learn from that conversation? Yeah, I really learned that, you know, by kind of being hum humbling yourself a little bit and taking some responsibility, like you said, it does flip the script a little bit. And then he kind of took on some of that himself and said, you know, it's not your fault. He was willing to give me a lot of information and tell me what they are dealing with internally. And it gave me an opportunity to strengthen that relationship I do have with him because I think he respected that I wasn't calling and continuing to push, but rather asking for some feedback and genuinely respecting what they have going on. And so I think it gives me an opportunity to now reach out somewhere down the road and help 
that'll stand out to him. That's not something that people are doing every day. And so he'll remember that I was the girl who called and apologized and actually asked for some feedback and respected their timeline and things that they do have going on. Yeah, when you fall on the sword like that, it's really hard for people to get defensive. Mm-hmm. Right? If, if Krista and I were in a really bad argument and I said to Krista, I am being a real jerk. She's probably not going to get more angry and start screaming at me. She's going to probably back, lower the shoulders a little bit and say, well, let's, let's kind of have a conversation about it. This is the idea of I'm calling to say I'm sorry. I'm calling to apologize. Krista, how did this experience feel for you when you were doing it live again in front of 150 of your peers and your CEO and your managers? <laughs> I mean- definitely nerve-wracking because it's not something that you say every day. You don't normally call CEOs to apologize, at least knock on wood. I haven't had to call and apologize for things previously, but um, it felt good because I think it, I mean, it worked. And I think getting to actually have that conversation, hear his perspective. I think sometimes as a salesperson, you have a lot of pressure on yourself and you do get so excited when you uncover opportunities. And then you feel so let down and frustrated when someone does ghost you. And so to actually just hear like, okay, he's just a, a, he has a job too. He does have other priorities he has to consider. And so it felt good in the end, knowing that, you know, it wasn't anything that I did or that he did. It's just, we have different priorities. And so it might take some time for things to line up correctly, but it ended up being just a really positive conversation. I am pretty sure there's going to be a huge amount of people applying to Next Step based on this <laughs> podcast. Um, but Krista, if people want to connect with you and you will get a lot of connection requests, from this podcast, how do people connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My name is Krista, K-R-I-S-T-A, and my last name is Hull. Um, feel free to send me a direct message. You can also email me at K-H-U-L-L at N-E-X-T-E-P dot com. Krista, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I think the audience got a ton out of what you said, and I know I did as well. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for having me. I really learned a lot, and I'm looking forward to putting it into action.